It's about to go down in a minute. Let me touch down. I'ma get it. Cause I, I, I been waiting all night. It's game time. It's game time on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Tom Barfield, Ward Whites, and Gary Ross. Good morning, straight up and down 7 o'clock. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom, Ward, Garrett, we're glad you're with us. Uh, you know, let's go Let's go a different direction. Let's check. Well, let's start over with Ward. Ward, good morning. How are we? <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> it was a diagonal instead of a circle. A little, little bit. Yeah, okay. Garrett, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So, excited about Ranger baseball this year? Yeah, I'm living the dream with Ranger baseball this year. <laughs> so, I got to tell you, last night, Ward, we had a little birthday celebration thing that I had to go to. And we're sitting there. And you know when you're in a in a, in a group that it takes a little while. Mm-hmm. So, um, what it did allow me to do is watch really the first two rounds of the WNBA draft. They had that up on the, up on the monitor. And it was kind of cool to watch. But while I'm doing that, also on my phone, I'm following the Rangers. Well, I, you know, when we got there, they were up 3-2. to two, Then it went 3-3. Three, three. Then it went 4-3 Colorado. I mean, <laughs> you know, all, it, plus it was – when you hear the play-by-play guy go, well, the crowd has, you know, started out at 35,000, and some of them have left because this has been a long game. And I'm thinking, Garrett with the, the – <laughs> With the game clock, Garrett's real happy right now. He because you were down the hall on Fox, yeah, uh, with with the Rangers. I was I, I, at one point. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was Eric Nadell or Matt Hicks, but they're like, "We're approaching four hours now," and I was like, "Okay, that's Nadell." All right, and then I'm looking and and I see the situation unfolding. I'm like, "I've been here before. I feel like we're going to end up in next inning." And then you bring up Willie Calhoun, and he cranks he goes, one. He goes yard. And we went to extra innings, so yeah, it was a it was an eventful night, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so, but I, I, Ward, I couldn't help but think of it because you and I wouldn't care. I mean, it's baseball, and sometimes you play two hours and ten minutes. Sometimes you play three hours and forty five minutes. Mm. Sometimes you play four hours. Just depends. But <laughs> these young whippersnappers, they 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 want the they want a clock. Well, well, see here, what I started doing was I was like, you know what. From a pay standpoint, this isn't bad. This is a good deal. So I, I kind of just I, – I, I embraced it a little bit. I, it took some emotion checks, but I embraced it. <laughs> it was <laughs> – he, he embraced extra innings because he made a couple more – Exactly. L- Abraham Lincolns and George Washingtons. It's a bigger picture, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> Could they play 15 innings? No, that's, that's, that's pushing it. That's pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid he was going to leave. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, Long oh boy, that was funny. Uh, so, anyway, uh, anything exciting happened in your world? I mean, it was a Monday night. Just watch the Rangers be the Rangers. Uh, but it may be long. It may Maybe. be. It may be. You got to give them a chance to get going now. Let's okay. see. Okay, so the manager, let me just say this, and you may disagree with me. But I was, I had, I took a little, I was a little, I was pleased with the manager because he was asked about the way the game ended on the, on the crazy slide rule. And, you know, New, New York called that, not the four umpires on the field. 
So it was the replay guys. But when asked about it, you know, that would have been a great way to go, hey, look, we were we were rallying. We had just scored, you know, blah, 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 blah. He didn't. He said, hey, look, basically we stunk. We had a chance to win the game in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and we didn't do it. And I'm like, well, at least we got that. Now, and then on the flip side, I'm like, well, hang on a second. We're four games into this thing, and and, and he's already mad at his team. This this can't be a good thing. Not a good thing, I wouldn't think. So, and he's mad at his team. Make no mistake about it. I mean, he he is mad at his team. So we'll get into that today. Uh Jayhan Jayaraj is going to join us. We'll talk some some college football. You know, there's several places, not only here, but there's several places where there's quarterback uh, battles going on. A and M, Clemson. You know, there's there's places. So uh, we'll talk to Shahan about that. Well, we will get into the WNBA draft. Anybody get to see any of it? Uh, I was keeping up with baseball. It was it was it was interesting. I mean, first of all, how does Indiana have four picks that early? Because they stunk. Well, they had four picks early, and two of those four went Baylor's direction. So we'll talk about that. Uh, let's see, Michael Swain from. Uh, Kansas two four seven sports. Well, he's been with us a couple of times already, covering covering basketball. But uh, we continue our preview of Big Twelve college football teams. Is this the last one? This is the last one of the actual Big Twelve teams, and then we'll move on to BYU and UCF and all the other schools so coming. Our in. friends coming in. Yeah. Well, good, good, good. Heck, we got all summer. We, you know, we we may just go around we the go, state. We're gonna hit the conference. We're gonna hit them all. So we, we'll just we'll just start to covering football teams all across. This this the Lone Star State in, in America. Uh, we'll get into some baseball and uh, a interesting move from the head football coach at Denton Geyer. He's no longer the head football coach at Denton Geyer. Yeah, so Rodney Webb, uh, you know, he's done tremendous work all over the state, uh, re- most recently Rockwall and then Denton Geyer, but he's accepted a position to be the AD at Highland Park which is pretty remarkable. So, Ward, if you don't produce Masters champions and, and Super Bowl champion quarterbacks, do you get run off at, the, at that position? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, but that's 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 what he's walking into. I mean, th- can you imagine what that trophy case looks like? Oh, it's, it's amazing. At Highland Park? I couldn't. Yeah, it's got to be massive. And, and – just some of the stuff that's in there, and then some of the former players probably donating stuff back. Can you just imagine? I mean, it's not just district blah, 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 track champion 1974. I mean, there's some stuff in there. Oh, there is. It's impressive. That that whole outfit over there at Highland Park is impressive. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that uh, uh, today, and uh, we'll also look ahead to tonight. Folks, uh, Baylor plays Texas State tonight. And, and normally your Tuesday night game, you, you you don't put a whole lot of, you know, Tuesday night's Tuesday night. You know, this is where you let some of the younger guys get it, maybe get in that bat or two. This is where you let some of the guys down at the uh, the other end of the bullpen throw and, and that kind of stuff. But where Baylor is right now, uh, having lost, what, four in a row? Mm-hmm. And this is the fifth game of this five-game uh, road swing. Man, you. Don't you have to go to San Marcos and, 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 and get after it? And you're going to play a really, really talented team. 
I mean, the Bobcats are a outstanding ball club. Yeah, I mean, this is a must win for them. You've you've had uh, options opportunities in the past during the week where you've laid an egg, and, and you can't afford to continue to do that. You, it's bad enough when you're struggling in conference play, but you can't struggle outside of conference play as well. Well, and, and not have and not achieve the goals that you yeah. you set for yourself. And look, make no mistake about it, Steve Rodriguez and his staff. They have one goal in mind every year, and that's the NCAA tournament. Well, they're hovering around 500 right now. Uh, they're two and seven in the league. Now, granted, there's still four or five series left, whatever the case may be. Uh, but you got to get going, and, and you and you you know, you got to kind of play with that that swagger and 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 build this thing. I, I just think tonight's kind of an important ball game, and most of the time, Tuesday night games are not, you know, the, the be all. Uh, but when when you're kind of scuffling, like they are right now, I think they got to go play well, Ward. They do. There's no doubt. They've got to figure it out and figure it out pretty quickly because even even these midweek games is where you get an opportunity to try to figure some things out. Usually, uh, when you're playing the number 19 team, it makes it a little more difficult to figure things out. Ding ding ding! You just won the prize. You're playing a you're playing a top 20 team on the road. It's a big RPI game for you. Absolutely. This turns into a big RPI game for you. You know, you can look at conference games and all that stuff, but heck, I'm telling you right now, this game, from an RPI standpoint, is going to be more impressive than than playing Kansas at home this weekend. No uh, when, doubt. when you talk about RPI, strength of schedule, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Tuesday against the top 20 team on the road, you betcha. You betcha. This is a... Uh, and then it's a quick turnaround because you're back home Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Remember, it's Easter weekend, and uh, most teams, not all, I mean, I think there is a series or two in the Big 12 that's going to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but most series are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which I am a huge proponent of. I, I think it should be a conference rule, quite frankly. Just, uh, to have, why, just to have Sunday off? It's Easter Sunday. You don't play. Oh, you're talking about just for yeah, Easter. Just, okay. No, okay. no, no. Just this weekend. Yes. I got you. I just got you. Easter Sunday. Uh, I, I think the league ought to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and, and just be done with it. But with that said, uh, and, and Baylor will. So they'll play KU Thursday, Friday, Saturday. In fact, the Saturday game is at 12 noon. So they're gonna they're gonna get KU back home, uh, hopefully in a timely manner. All right. Uh, Ten minutes after seven. Seven ten. And uh, on our CNC Collision Center text line, uh, JR says, uh, Good morning, gentlemen. My Ranger fan buses this, or, or uh, any Ranger fan buses this season. No. Uh, the Rangers stopped doing that a couple of years ago, did they? Right? But they, were, they didn't do it the year before COVID, did they? Yeah, work? they did. They did? Mm-hmm. So COVID was the first year that they've elected not to do this. And they uh, have elected not to do it again this year. There will be some ticket giveaways that we'll have for you. But as far as a, uh, a fan bus, uh, you know, it doesn't look like that. Unless Ward puts it together, writes the check. <laughs> and he can't. Garrett, you know that. He probably could. You know he swings that biggest stick that he's, he could put that together for us. Yeah, he, he's got it like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, Justin says Southwest Texas Bobcats coming for blood, but hey. again, that's <laughs> Southwest Texas. There's a there's that's a, a blast from the past. There's a blast from the past. Texas State, uh, yeah. All right. So uh, anytime you want to jump in on the CNC Collision Center text line, we'd love to hear from you at two five four six six two sixteen sixty two five four six six two 
1660. Let us proceed on the program with a look. Is there supposed? Is it supposed to? It's yeah. Thunderstorms late late this afternoon. Uh, I don't know the timeline, but yeah, they're supposed to be coming in. And I don't know how big a chance there is, but it just depends on. I thought. Well, see, first of all, I thought we were supposed to get rain last night, and then. Yeah, it never did uh, develop west. This is why I don't check it. I just walk outside, <laughs> look up, and if you get hit in the eye exactly. with rain, <laughs> I, okay, I'm I'm starting to believe in your method. Uh, all right, so let's get a check of the weather forecast. The weather this hour is brought to you by Alliance Bank. Find Alliance Bank with their several locations in Waco and new location in Temple and let them help you and your business succeed. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy skies today. It's going to be a mild and breezy day with a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms developing this afternoon. Some of these storms may be strong to severe with large hail and damaging winds. Even an isolated tornado can't be ruled out. We'll see a very warm high of 87. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Baylor Baseball, all season long here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. The Bears headed to San Marcos Tuesday to take on Texas State. 6.15 for the warm-up show, 6.30 first pitch for Baylor Texas State Baseball Tuesday. Coach Rod and the Bears all season long here on ESPN Central Texas. Shipments of unique, one-of-a-kind rustic furniture for your home or office and Western Home Decor arrives daily at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. Check out their living room, dining room, and bedroom sets, buffets, hall trees, sofas, end tables, and sectionals from Steve Silver. This heavy-duty furniture is built to last, and it's priced to move. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 to 22462. It's the world's best Western store, Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook. Here at La Fiesta, our recipe for being happy and stress-free is a bowl of chili con queso and a plate of enchiladas or steaming fajitas. Pick some up on your way home so you don't have to cook. Order online at LaFiesta.com. Call ahead or dine in and get any of your La Fiesta favorites. La Fiesta makes dinner a lot easier. La Fiesta, Waco's original Tex-Mex since 1963. Located in Waco at 3815 Franklin Avenue. La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina, where passion is our most important ingredient. LaFiesta.com. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Voss. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. 
So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. All right, welcome back into the program. This is Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas, your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. We got baseball here on ESPN tonight at uh, six fifteen for the pregame, six thirty for the first pitch against Texas State. Meanwhile, over on our sister station, uh, Cool FM. 101.3, you can catch the uh, softball game between Baylor and Texas State. So uh, there'll be uh, like, you know, two ships passing in the night as Texas State softball is headed to Waco and baseball is headed to San Marcos. All right. Uh, yesterday, home opener, Rangers and the Rockies. And the Rangers jumped out to a 3 nothing advantage, only to see the Rockies chip away. Building that picket fence, Ward, a run in the seventh, a run in the eighth, and a run in the ninth. And then the Rangers got a a run in the bottom of the ninth. However, the Rockies countered with two in the top of the tenth. And it ends in controversy up up at the Globe. Garrett, you were producing a game. What was your takeaway? So, my initial, I didn't see the play live, um, but listening to them, they sold me. Look, they went all in with the homework calls, and we're talking about how egregious it was with the slide. And I mean, they were breaking down the angles. Did he go over? Was he off the base? So I thought it was bigger than what it was. Um, I watched the play last night on FS1 on the the MLB post game show they had, and when I initially saw it, I was like, "Well, he he blatantly went slid into the guy." So I didn't understand their argument, um, and I'm pretty sure there's fans out there that'll disagree with me and join their side but I thought that from the rules and how the rules are stated he could he had ways to go around it he could have slid to the left side of the base or he could have slid over the top of it not directly into the guy throwing what what'd you think I mean you take him out that's kind of part of the game but you got to be able to touch the bag and and you still got to contact the bag well it's the Chase Utley rule I mean they they've you know they enforce that pretty heavily now and uh it's no longer you know, used to it was free willing. If you mm-hmm. you're in the base pass, you're legal, and that's no longer the case anymore. So if you make any indication of you're trying to dislodge the ball or take the catcher out, you're going to be called out more times than not. And you know, to me, it's unfortunate because I I used to like the collisions at the yeah. plate. Well, but this I, was at second, but yeah, I mean, but I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's it's anywhere you're at now, and so. um 
I I just you know I don't I don't know I. It's the way the game's played now and the way the game's called now, so you have to adhere to it. Two things. First of all, when I saw the replay, I went, ooh, that's a little, uh, you know, because, again, I, I was I, I, at that juncture, I wasn't watching. Uh, in fact, I wasn't even listening. I was just kind of following along. But uh, uh, I don't know, but by, by, by looking at the rule, I, I, I think it was the correct call. What bothers me, it will always bother me, as there was four umpires, professional umpires, Major League Baseball umpires on the field, and those four didn't call that play. Yeah. That call came from a ring, 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 New York City here. That That's – Well, it was challenged by the Rockies coach. Yeah, I, I, that's I, I why, get it. But that's I why, mean, you but, know, he, he made the challenge. Yeah. And, you know, look, hats off to him for just Absolutely. saying, hey, yeah. we're, we're going we're gonna to challenge this and see what happens. I mean, it could have been – not held up or, you know, so um, one thing for me on that, I just, I think with instant replay and everything that goes along with instant replay, we've let, you know, we no longer hold our referees and our umpires accountable. I mean, and they don't hold themselves as accountable. It's not as important to them to make sure they get the call right because eh, if we don't, if we miss it, Mm-hmm. It can go somewhere else, and they can take care of it. I, I just, I don't like replay at all, and I don't, I don't need it in any of my sports. I know the technology's there, and you know, get off my lawn, whatever you want to say, but I don't like it for that reason. I think it, the caliber of officiating, has gone down because of instant replay. Well, how would you like somebody looking over your shoulder all the time? I wouldn't. I mean, and then that's kind of what you got. That's one thing. The other thing about replay is. Well, well, why isn't that, why isn't that reviewable? And then next year, that is reviewable. Then the next, why isn't that? It's we're going to review everything. We're going to review the coin flip at a football game. I mean, I, I don't, I don't need all that. I don't either. Here's the other part of this thing. They gave up 14 hits. They only, they only collected nine. They committed two errors. They didn't play good baseball. They had a chance to win the game, and that in that play shouldn't even have factored into it. Here's Woody after the game. That didn't determine us losing the game. We lost that game. Uh, we didn't play well enough. We didn't make plays at the end. We didn't make pitches at the end. We had a three-to-one three lead in the seventh inning. We lost the game. That's the most important thing I can say. It's more of a technicality at the end. Uh, listen, I read the rule. It's... It is what it is. There's not much we can do. It's, you can look at slow-mo and watch it over and over again and see everything you want to see to make that call. New York made the call to call them out. We have to walk away. It's really frustrating to lose a game like that, but there's nothing we can do about it. And You can read the rule and you can manipulate the rule or do whatever you want to make it look like you know he disengaged with the base, he you know, kind of rolled a little bit. I thought the ball was out of his hand before he ever made contact, but they ruled him out. So that's, there's nothing we can do about that. We have to play better baseball towards the end of games. Seventh, eighth, and ninth, we had a chance to win that game, and we didn't. It's not anything I've ever obviously witnessed and frustrating to lose like that. Um, I just didn't get an explanation until just now. Like, on the field, I had no explanation you know, given to me. It was obviously New York that made the call, and you know, there's nothing I can argue. I was obviously upset, but you know, to, to their credit, they were just like, that wasn't our call. It was New York that made the call. So I was obviously waiting for an explanation. But yeah, it's frustrating. Like I said, though, the, I was more frustrated with, with the way the game was up to that point because we had a, we should have won that game. Think about it. They gave up a run in the seventh, a run in the eighth, a run in the ninth, and two in the tenth. 
finish the game. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I can hear his disappointment. He's also, you know, one in three in an early season and very close to an early spiral for this baseball team. So he's going to be frustrated. Yeah, I, I get that. In a normal situation, what are you looking at? 50 games? You be, get to 50 games in before you start to really evaluate the team? Now, I think we don't have to wait 50 games with Texas because I think we kind of know where this team is. This is a, it's still very much a rebuild. Uh, and, and, again, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that this team can, can compete before it's all said and done. But in a normal situation, what, what are you – because I'm going to tell you, it's, I think you've got to be 50 games in before you start to really break down the team, our strengths, our weaknesses, in most cases. Not this one. I mean, we get this, but what do you – where are you? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's a good measuring stick. You know, you get 30 to 50 games in, you should know exactly what you have on your hands and what you need to do. And, you know, that's why you see so many, you know, moves made at the all-star break because the deadline is coming up. And uh, you you know what your needs are at that point. Uh, so, you know, I, I think you, you do have to give it some time. But you can also, I mean, you can see when things are, unraveling Mm -hmm. and I don't think you need 50 games in to see something unravel you know that's a different case you kind of see how do we stop the slide now you know how how do we undo this this slide that we're on I I, you know I don't you know I don't know that four games in you can (laughs) really say that you're on a slide or anything like that but right now you know this team is just is not gelled yet and it's going to take some time for it to gel a lot of new faces. I, yeah, there's a lot of new faces out there, and so it's going to take a little bit of time to come together. And look, a a rushed spring training didn't help matters with this team. Correct. Uh, the, the lockout didn't help things with this team that enforced that rushed spring training. So you know, there's a couple of factors here for a bunch of new faces in a locker room that you know a lot of these guys were probably still living in boxes. You know, they they don't have you know, or they're living in hotels. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't they don't have. There's, so there's a lot of outside contributing factors to why this team is is where it is right now. Can it come together? Yeah, it can. Um, I still have reservations on the starting rotation and and the bullpen. And no matter what you have solidified on the infield and behind the dish, if you can't get good pitching, you're not going to win baseball games. You got to get people out. You know that, and that's the bottom line. It all starts on the mound, and right now. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in what they have on the mound. Who's the leader on this club? There's not one right now. You know, and and, and what's what's the locker room like? I mean, is there who knows? Is there, you know that continuity and, and cohesiveness that you and look that you can't manufacture. That has to come natural. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, either you're going to have that 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 bonding. You know, in 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 that what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, we're, we're a team cohesiveness. Well, yeah, I mean, but there, there, there's a specific word I'm looking for, and I can't think of it right now. But anyway, where where a team comes together and there's just this unification, and we're all one, and you know, and but that has to happen all natural, if you will. Uh, it, it's not good. You don't force that. You can't create that. You can't manufacture that. You know. And that's to me when you're together for 162 games, and then you're traveling, and you're that's as important. You know what's the clubhouse like, and what's the the dugout like? 
is as important to me as sometimes, you know, balls and strikes, safe and out, and, and base hits. I mean, because these guys are living together. They're with, they're with their teammates, you know, over six or seven months more than they're with their families. Uh, and, and that's just the way baseball's played. So what what's that like in that Ranger clubhouse and in that because there there's so many new faces, mm-hmm. you know yeah, I I don't I don't know who's taking the chemistry is the word I was looking for <laughs> I I don't know who's taking the torch and and and, and does that in that clubhouse uh, we're not around it on a on a daily basis so right. you know you don't you don't get to see that I mean I I know in you know Ranger teams in past who who were in that clubhouse that held you accountable. And, mm-hmm. And who did that? Now, you know, I'm sure there's somebody on this team that that is, you know, that that does carry that torch and and holds everybody in that locker room accountable. And and you know, you have to carry yourself in a in a manner that's professional and and have a good time. I mean, it's still a game, and you know, if you can't have a good time and still enjoy each other's company, then you're going to have a hard time winning baseball games. Yeah. So, and again, we're looking for. It just came to me in a vision, camaraderie chemistry, those type things, that's the stuff that just naturally evolves as opposed to being manufactured. And look, I mean, they got to have it in that clubhouse or or this thing, you know. Well, winning helps a whole lot of that. It sure does. It sure does. All right, uh, 729, we're going to talk some football. We're going to do it with uh, our good friend Shehan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com. That's coming up next right here on The Morning Show, your first word in sports on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. When's the last time you had squirrel? It's been a few years, but it hadn't been that long. <laughs> I grew up eating squirrel. Should I recommend that to the GM over here at <laughs> Have put that on the buffet. I don't think you want to tell people. I don't think you. I don't think you just put it up there and say, call it chicken or something. Oh my gosh, that's scary. The Matt Mosley Show, weekdays four to six p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. Have you ever been stranded on the side of the road? The next time it happens, call Big Boys Record Service to get you and your ride where you need to be. You can count on Big Boys Record Service to help you with roadside assistance, such as when your vehicle won't start, you need a tire change, you've locked yourself out of your vehicle, or when you're stuck in the mud. No job is too big or too small. They do it all. Family owned and operated since 1984. Big Boys Record Service. Call 254-662-3031. And remember, slow down or move over. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. 
Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. You got doors that are sticking or cracks in your walls. The Foundation Doctor will make a house call. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House has been delivering savory barbecue and delicious sides. With their two locations in Hewitt and Waco, drive through window, remodeled indoor dining space, delivery options, and new hours, Uncle Dan's is sure to be a Central Texas favorite. Specials include any one meat plate with two sides for only $8.09, with beef and rib plates only a dollar more on Mondays. Buy one, get one half off for Texas taters on Tuesday, and prime beef brisket on Fridays. Come eat at this family-owned business and feel like you're right at home. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by Astro Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. Three Baylor players were selected in the WNBA draft. Alyssa Smith was the second player selected overall, taken by the Indiana Fever. The Fever also took Queen Egbo with the 10th pick of the first round. Jordan Lewis was the 24th overall pick, selected in the second round by the Connecticut Sun. Baylor baseball is on the road at Texas State for a 6:31st pitch against the Bobcats. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor softball, meanwhile, hosts Texas State at Gatterman Stadium. That game also starts at 6:30, and you can hear the broadcast on Cool 101. The Rangers lost their home opener to the Rockies 6-4 in 10 innings. They finished that series tonight, and you can hear the game on Fox Sports Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Let's get the latest on college football with Shahan J. Araja from CBSSports.com on ESPN Central Texas. Seven thirty-three. Welcome back in. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom and Ward and Garrett, we're glad you're with us, and we welcome you into the program from CBSSports.com. Shahan J. Araja. Shahan, good morning, man. We appreciate your time today, as always. Yeah, thanks as always for having me. Let, let's begin with college football, and let's begin in the Big 12. Uh, the commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, has, uh, has resigned his position. First of all, what was your response when you saw that last week? And, and secondly, what's, what, should, what should it look like when, when the committee starts putting together the list of candidates to replace Bowlesby? It does it, do, you, do we need somebody – very similar to how he managed this thing, or or, or or would a new look and fresh blood be be a good thing for the league? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, to answer your first question, I, I mean, it was surprising when it happened, but it wasn't surprising when you thought about it, right? I mean, Bob Bowlesby is 70 years old. Uh, he still has three years left on his contract, but, uh, you know, he kind of said it in, in his statement. You know, the, the Big 12 is about to head into a really tumultuous time, a really critical time for the league. They're going to be renegotiating their new television agreement. They're going to be integrating these teams back into the league. Of course, there's still the conversation about college football playoff expansion. And so, you know, I, I think thinking about it a little more, you know, these aren't questions that are going to be answered in the next year or two, you know, or even in the next three years. These are things that are going to, you know, have long ranging implications for the league for whoever takes over next. And so, uh, you know, I, I think the timing makes a lot of sense from that perspective. It, it was still a little surprising. I mean, because obviously Bob Bowlesby has led this league since 2012. <laughs> and so, you know, whenever you have turnover in that kind of position, it's a little bit of a surprise, but 
you know, I, I think the timing is right. So I'm curious to see where they kind of go with it. And, you know, when looking for a candidate, I, I think that they will try to find somebody who maybe does have not, not a similar background per se to Bob Bowlesby, but, you know, that sort of profile. Uh, Bob Bowlesby was a, a, uh, a athletic director at Stanford, one of the, the top athletic directors in the country when he was hired to be commissioner of the Big 12. Uh, and I think that they really are going to try to look for somebody who is a little bit of a uh, of a college sports insider per se. You know, I think in contrast to somebody like Kevin Warren, who came from the NFL, who leads the Big Ten now. In in contrast to George Klyovkov, who leads uh, the Pac-12 now after coming from the gaming world, I think they are going to try to find somebody who does have a background in college sports, who does have uh, a background in college football as well. And you know, I mean, I, I think that it's easier to to get consultants who understand the media world to maybe help out with those negotiations than it is to find somebody who understands the the dynamics of college sports. Uh, so I, I think that they're going to try to stick in that same sort of direction, whether it's an athletic director, whether, you know, uh, there's been some talk that maybe there could be some internal promotion at the Big 12 office. Uh, but, but I do think that it ends up being somebody who's a little bit more in that college athletics world. The Aggies had their spring game on Saturday and a quarterback battle down in College Station. I know it all revolves around the quarterback, but is that the most important position for Jimbo Fisher to get solidified going into the fall? Oh, no question about it. I I mean, I think that you just have to look at last season to see how, you know, detrimental quarterback play can be to what they want to do. I I mean, Zach Calzada really struggled last season and the team that entered the year top 10 in the country ended up finishing eight and four. And so I think that heading into this next year, you know, Haynes King who won the quarterback battle out of camp last year is back, but you know, he he hasn't been incredibly impressive so far. Uh, So they did add two big names to the room. Connor Wegman, the number two quarterback in the 2022 recruiting class, Max Johnson, an LSU transfer who has had some success in the SEC. Uh, I, I think that, you know, if you need to know how important it is for Jimbo Fisher to get this right, I mean, Jimbo Fisher has not taken a transfer quarterback since arriving at Texas A&M, and he's only started one transfer quarterback uh, during his entire time as a head coach, and that was Everett Golson back in 2015, who later was benched. So I, I think that this is an indicator that he really understands that they need to get this right, and especially after this past year when Texas A&M had a, a multitude of players who are going to be picked in the NFL draft, especially on the defense side of the ball, to, to come away with only an eight and four record with that kind of team, with that kind of talent on the roster, I, I mean, truly was unacceptable. And so I think that I think that Jimbo Fisher was very aggressive to try to fill the need right now. But if they don't find somebody that really can work for them, I think that it's going to be a lot of the same uh, this upcoming year. Shayhan, it kind of going off of that. Uh, I was I watched the the spring game. I was really impressed with Evan Stewart. And it got me thinking about Baylor's situation and how we really don't know who's going to emerge as a, their top receiver, more than likely Gavin Holmes with the experience. But when you look at Amarni Winfield and what he was able to accomplish and coming in, do you think he could kind of step up and provide a similar role for Baylor that Evan Stewart could do for A&M? Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that Armani Stewart's a great player. I uh, I think that he has a ch- or Armani Winfield, not Armani Stewart. Uh, I I think that he has a chance to to really come in and be a big time player. He obviously played at a high level program coming out of high school. 
um, you know, and, and playing in that top classification of Texas, I think, can really uh, kind of prepare you in a way. And so I, I do think that that he has a chance to maybe come in and be a really dynamic player for Baylor because that's the biggest thing that they're looking for right now, right? I mean, I think that they have a lot of solid options. Like you mentioned, Gavin Holmes was somebody uh, when he was healthy was, who was a great possession receiver for them, and I think he has a lot of upside. Um, you know, and, and I do think that they have some names. I, I like the fact that they've got some nice tight ends in that room. I like the fact that they've got, you know, some guys who are going to get open. But I do think that to have a guy who can maybe fill that Taekwon Thornton role and take the top off of defense, I, I like the idea of Armani Winfield being able to come in and uh, and contribute right away. So, you, you know, look, Evan Stewart was one of the top, top 10 players in the country. You know, he, he is one of the best receivers in the country right now. But you know, I think that Armani Wentzel still has a chance to maybe come in and be a contributor right away. Go back over to the SEC for just a second. Let's talk about Auburn. I mean, what an interesting situation uh, they're in. Six and seven a year ago, nearly, I don't know how to describe it, the boosters nearly nearly got that staff run off, but somehow Brian Harson and, and, the, and the staff uh, have, have remained intact. So what have they got to do in terms of wins to, to kind of settle things down and, and continue to proceed with uh, with their program. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as close as we come in college athletics to an attempted coup, right? And <laughs> yeah. so I, I think at the end of the day, you know, it's interesting, right? Because there's so many different factors, I think, that Brian Harson struggled with in his first season. And, you know, it's easy to point to the 6-7 record, which I think was, disappointing especially after the way that they kind of started pretty well i think it's uh it's easy to point to maybe losing the faith of some of the players i mean obviously bo nix transferring uh, bo nix was kind of mr auburn in a lot of ways the son of a former starting quarterback at auburn a, a former five-star recruit so when he left the program i think that was definitely a, a poor indicator and and certainly the recruiting i think has been very concerning from an auburn perspective right i mean you know they they weren't competing for some of these top prospects they didn't have a guy in the top 150 commit to auburn uh, so I, I think that there's a lot of ways that he can show growth though from that same perspective on the field is going to be his first priority of course I, I, so last year you know he kind of has these two guys Derek mason and mike boba who are these longtime sec coordinators these kind of you know i don't want to call them just good old boys but you know a little bit like that and this year he's going to have guys who are with him at boise state so this is very much his staff this is very much his opportunity to put his imprint on the program and you know to, to really kind of quiet people down i think they need to push for eight or nine wins I think that they need to be competitive. I think that they need to, you know, beat a team that's in the top 15, top 10. They need to compete with Alabama. They, you know, obviously they, they do play on the road next year at Alabama. So I don't think anybody expects them to win that game, but they need to be competitive in that game. They can't get embarrassed. And so, uh, you know, it's, it, it, there's a lot of things that I think that Brian Harson can do to win people back over, but, uh, but none of them are easy. Of the new schools coming into the big 12, eventually, which one, is imperative that they have a good fall this season to try to help their footprint coming into the Big 12? Yeah, and that, that's a good question. I mean, certainly all of them. I, and I think that all of them are kind of in a great position. But I'm actually very intrigued by Cincinnati because Cincinnati, you know, of course, makes the college football playoff last year. But this was kind of the first wave of great players who came through the program, right? I mean, Desmond Ritter is somebody who was in the program for four years. Kobe Bryant's at cornerback, uh, Sauce Gardner. These are guys who, who started for three, four years for this program and were kind of proven commodities and helped them be successful. And so I think that sometimes you learn about 
the state of a program and the future of a program most when you do have a period of turnover. You know, is it going to be plug and play? Are they going to be a 10-win team even after losing as much as they have? I, I think that that's where it's most interesting to me. You know, is it that you got a great class a couple of years ago and you kind of just wrote that, or, or is this something where it's sustainable growth? And I certainly think it's sustainable growth. I think that they've done a great job of identifying and developing talent uh, from, from really day one at Cincinnati under Luke Fickle. But, but this is going to be the moment where we kind of get to see if this is a, again, a, a one-year blip or whether it's a dynasty. And it's actually, you know, to be honest, it's kind of like Baylor, I think, in a lot of ways, too. You know, I mean, this is going to be a great opportunity for both of these programs, I think, to prove that we've got more in the tank, we've got players who fit our system, we've got players who, who can fill some of these gaps. And it's not just that we, you know, not, not, not to, to be guys, but, you know, kind of lucked into some really, really good players. You know, this is something that, that we did as a coaching staff to really get our roster where it needed to be. So I, I'm going to be watching Cincinnati very closely because I think that, uh, that whether they're able to have kind of 10-win success this upcoming year is going to kind of decide whether they're able to be that kind of program long-term. I kind of want to piggyback off of that. Uh, so when you look at Cincinnati, they obviously made the, the CFP last year. Uh, Baylor was on the outside looking in. Uh, and Utah has been really good. Uh, and they continue to build up there. Those three teams, to me, are probably going into this season like dark horses to make a CFP run. Are, who are some of the teams you're looking at that, that have an option to do that? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so one of the first ones that comes to mind for me is NC State out in the ACC. Uh, they bring back a ton on the defensive side of the ball, and they bring back one of the more experienced quarterbacks in the ACC in Devin Leary. So they kind of have everything lining up right in the second. Uh, they, I mean, I, honestly, NC State, uh, I mean, I, I could go on a long diatribe about this, but, you know, NC State is kind of a program that's been waiting and waiting and waiting to have that breakout moment in so many ways, especially under Dave Doran, who I think has done a really nice job. And, and I think that there's a lot of reasons to believe that this could be that year. I mean, there's, there's turnover, of course, at Clemson. Uh, there's turnover at quarterback at North Carolina. Yeah, I think that this could be a year that makes a lot of sense for them to really break into that top group. You know, I, I mean, I don't know if I'd call them a, a dark horse, but I'm really intrigued to see what uh, what USC does under Lincoln Riley in his first season. I, I mean, obviously they go four and eight last season, but I don't think that's representative of the quality of the team. I mean, this is a team that was expected to come in and compete for the Pac-12 and kind of just fell apart after they fired their coach in week two. So I, I do think that there's more upside there than maybe what they showed this past season. And, and I do think that you know, I'm not saying that they're going to go 12-1 and one right away. But, uh, you know, I think that they have a chance to push for 10 wins and maybe get into the dark horse side of that comp, uh, conversation. And, and that, that game against Utah, actually, USC plays Utah. That'll be one of the bigger games of the year, I think. And, and it'll be kind of fun to watch that one. Shayhan, I'm going to kind of get you to give us a state of the, the union, if you will, on the, on the state of college football. I was thinking about it the other day. Just – we're almost at a crossroads, uh, in my opinion. I mean, you have obviously the the NIL situation. You have uh, the transfer portal. You have the expanded college football playoff. You know, once upon a time, you hired a coach and a coaching staff. And you gave them three, four, five years to build their program. Well, that's not the case anymore. Nowadays, you almost have to re-recruit your players every day. Is college football, in your opinion, at a healthy point right now today here in April? I think college football is at a transitional point. 
in a lot of ways. And uh, NIL is a big part of that. You mentioned, I mean, the, the money coming up. Obviously, I think a lot of the new TV contracts that are going to be coming up. It's going to create, I think, another wave of kind of uncertainty and, and certainly realignment itself. And so I would say that the sport is healthy but is in a, in a little bit of a tenuous place. And the biggest reason that I say that isn't NIL or anything like that, I, I do think that, you know, conference consolidation is a really poor thing for the sport. I mean, if we see, you know, more teams, because obviously the SC is going to be pushing to 16 teams with Texas and Oklahoma going, you know, I, I don't think concentration in one region of the country is a good thing for the sport. I mean, because when that happens, you're kind of discounting the entire, I mean, the, the entire West, basically. I mean, basically, West of the Mississippi is almost being discounted as, as college football markets, and I think that's terrible for the sport. And so, you know, I, I think that's going to be tough. I hope that college football playoff expansion, which you know, I, I think we all expect will happen down the road in 2026, uh, even if it doesn't happen in 2024, I, I think that'll help a little bit. But, you know, I, I think that having a level of consolidation would be poor for the sport, especially if we keep heading in that direction. Um, you know, and, and I do think that uh, that you look around. I mean, it's just a new world, right? I mean, NIL's new. The transfer portal in the way that it is now is new. I, I think that from that perspective, we will kind of work through some of those issues. You know, the market will be set when it comes to transfers. The market will be set when it comes to NIL. And when that happens, I don't think it'll be as tumultuous a force as it's kind of been maybe in these first couple of years of each of those things. So we're at a crossroads, I think, in a lot of ways. And I think that it's certainly possible to break out of it and, and kind of still have a great college football product. But uh, but I think that long-term, it's really consolidation that, that's most concerning to me about the future of college football. Is the transfer portal out of control right now in college basketball? Because you look at LSU, they have zero scholarships right now. You look at St. Peter's, they are losing guys right and left. Kansas State hires a new coach, well, they're losing guys. And – even the defend, the defending national champion Kansas, they have three guys that have jumped in the transfer portal already. Is it out of control, and how do we get it back in control? Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely college basketball is such a weird one when it comes to that because it is so possible to kind of like change the complexion of your team with the with the transfer portal. Uh, you know, I think college football you can really only use it to fill holes. You can't kind of build a team behind it completely. Whereas I think in college basketball, in a lot of cases, you can. So, you know, I, I, it's tough. I, I think that it would be bad to not give players the opportunity to find situations that are good for them but I do think you know something that we've talked about in college football a little bit is having like specific windows to enter the transfer portal and having specific you know guidelines around that and I I think that that might make some sense you know if we do sort of have a a few more rules around it so that it's you know it's a little bit more straightforward but I do think that part of it is just the nature of college basketball. I mean, we've had one and done for so long where you're kind of flipping over that part of your roster. You know, we have, uh, we've had transfers for a long time. And so I I do think that part of it is just the nature of college basketball and kind of just having more of a a flippable roster in a lot of ways. But, but I agree. I mean, look, it it certainly as as a fan, I think must suck, you know, if you're a St. Peter's fan and all your players leave right after you lose your coach, (laughs) I mean, that's a tough situation to be in after going on such a historic run, but uh, you know, again, I think part of it is just the nature of the sport. Before we let you get out of here, I need to know, did you sleep in that home field uh, apparel shirt? 
<laughs> no, you can't. You can't sleep in it. It's gonna fade that way. It's gonna fade. You gotta. <laughs> you gotta keep it for the. Gotta keep it out for the special occasion. Right, I just had to check, man. <laughs> Shayhan, what are you guys uh, working on for CBSSports.com? Yeah, I've got some stuff coming up uh, about more of the spring games. I actually just put some stuff out about last week's spring games. I'll be writing about Miami this upcoming week. And so uh, check all that out at CBSSports.com. Hey, just a curiosity, you're going to be in town on the 23rd for Baylor's? Actually, I'm going to be out of the country, unfortunately. But uh, but I will be following along uh, uh, from abroad. Uh, but but unfortunately, no, I will not. All right. Hey, Shehan, thanks as always for your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. We'll see you later. Shehan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com does a great job covering college football from border to border, from uh, the East Coast to the West Coast. 751, we'll talk some WNBA, and we'll do it next right here on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on Game Time, we talked with Jeff Howe from Horns 247 Sports. I'm talking about Quinn Ewers. In terms of just his natural ability to throw the football, I mean, there was a reason why you know, before he left South Lake Carroll early to enroll at Ohio State, you know, 24-7 sports, he's the best quarterback prospect our national analysts had ever evaluated. You think about the ground that covers, like Kyler Murray, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, go on down the list. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery. Call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107. Or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Spring is here, and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old windows before the hot weather gets here. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite. That's a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And they're offering 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. That's UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. And be sure and check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Where are those receipts? Tax day is nearly here, and Chanel is stressing. Why do I always wait to the last minute? Her small business needs a bookkeeper to crunch some big numbers. Oh, these spreadsheets make my head spin. None of this adds up. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Get a great deal on versatile Kubota equipment today, like Kubota BX and L-Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup rated number one for reliability, Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles. Stop by your local Kubota dealer today. Bring home the Kubota L2501 tractor for zero down, 0% APR for up to 60 months, now through June 30th. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for more details. WC Tractor, now with six convenient locations to serve you. Find us at WCTractor.com. 
ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by Astro Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. Three Baylor players were selected in the WNBA draft. Alyssa Smith was the second player selected overall, taken by the Indiana Fever. The Fever also took Queen Egbo with the 10th pick of the first round. Jordan Lewis was the 24th overall pick, selected in the second round by the Connecticut Sun. Baylor baseball is on the road at Texas State for a 631st pitch against the Bobcats. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor softball, meanwhile, hosts Texas State at Getterman Stadium. That game also starts at 630, and you can hear the broadcast on Cool 101. The Rangers lost their home opener to the Rockies 6-4 in 10 innings. They finished that series tonight, and you can hear the game on Fox Sports Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. We're five away from 8 o'clock. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward and Garrett, we're glad you're with us. How cool was it that uh, last night for the second time in program history, Baylor had three players selected in the WNBA draft, and and two of those three end up as teammates. I mean, when I saw that last night, I thought, how cool is that? as uh, Nalissa Smith went second overall in the first round uh, to Indiana. Queen Egbo also went in the first round, 10th overall to, to uh, Indiana. And uh, then Jordan Lewis went uh, in the second round, 24th overall to, to Connecticut. But uh, first of all, Ward, we talked about it briefly this morning. I think Indiana had about 75 picks in the first. <laughs> it was Every time I turn around, Indiana's up, Indiana's <laughs> up. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They had what four first round picks? Uh, yeah, I think at least four. So that's, you know, that's either a, a sign of, boy, you you need to do something quick, or did they, did they trade? Or they traded? These? I don't know. That's what I was gonna say. Or they traded into some of those good picks. I I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> I, I don't I don't keep up with the WNBA enough to know. But yeah, that's that's either either or. Yeah. So Garrett, I'm in, I'm in a restaurant last night in, mm-hmm. in making fun of you, um, you know. But I, I'm watching, but I can't hear. And every time I turn around, I looked up. I went, "That can't be right. It's got to be a replay." Indiana's up. They're dra- really Indiana's drafting again. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so it it was it was interesting. It was, and I think it's really kind of a reflection of where the state of where Baylor's at right now when you have three players go into the draft, uh, you know, whether they be first or second rounders, and then right around the corner you're going to have multiple guys drafted in the the NBA draft as well. So it's kind of – it's really a great reflection for Baylor uh, as a whole. And then when you look at the current roster for Nikki, I think when you look at players coming back, this is going to be probably something we see unfold next year as well. Well, and I'll say this, uh, t- tomorrow morning around 8.30, uh, we're going to have the uh, Director of Athletics, Mac Rhodes, on the program. We're going to get into some football conversations uh, with, with what Dave Aranda and, and his football team's doing. We're also going to take a, a look at, at the Big 12 in general, I mean, with the, the vacant position at the commissioner's spot and, 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 you know, what direction would Mac like to see this thing go. But we will also get into the basketball conversation, another tremendous season for both of these teams, uh, very successful. And, you know, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that and, 
And if you got a suggestion of a question, we'd love to love to hear it. Uh, you can send it to us on our CNC Collision Center text line at 254-662-1660. No guarantee that we'll get to them all, but, you know, as uh, depending on how things go time-wise, we'll, uh, we'll try to get to some of your questions as well. All right, it is 758. This is ESPN Central Texas, your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Let's uh, welcome in the voice of the Bears, John Morris, as he talks Baylor sports. It's time now for today's Baylor Sports Beat, your daily dose of green and gold. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Everybody, it's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, it's Bears and Bobcats times two tonight, plus equestrian heads to nationals. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Allen Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. It is Baylor versus Texas State times two tonight. Baylor baseball in San Marcos to take on the Bobcats on the air at 615. First pitch at 630 right here on ESPN Central Texas. While Baylor softball is hosting Texas State at Getterman Stadium this evening, on the air at 6.15, first pitch at 6.30 on 101.3 FM. Television tonight on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. Baylor Equestrian has completed the regular season. They are headed to Ocala, Florida, the World Equestrian Center there, for the NCEA National Championships. This national event has called Waco home the last 16 years now moving to Ocala, Florida, beginning on Thursday. Baylor, the number six seed, they'll take on number three seed Texas A&M in the first round. Head coach Casey Maxwell says she's prepared her team with a tough schedule all season long. Absolutely. I mean, I've been very intentional in how we've set up our regular season schedule since I've been at Baylor just to not make it easy on our team to put us up against some of the toughest teams in the country and test the waters um this year specifically i think we've played every team that's here at nationals if, if not once um twice if not three times um, counting the big 12 championship and so you know knowing that we've played high-ranked teams all season we've we've won we've lost in close meets and things like that makes my team feel very confident in their ability coming into this um we also know just kind of looking at history nationals is its own it's its own beast. Um, you know, last year we knocked off the number one team in the country who had gone undefeated for 40 plus competitions, you know, for over, that spanned over several years. And so anything is fair game here. I mean, I think if you're the number one team in the country, 
you've got everything to lose. And if you're the number eight team in the country, you've got nothing to lose. And so everyone's going to come here and pour their heart out. And our ranking um, is no different than that. We've got to be our best against every individual opponent. We play Thursday, hopefully into Friday, and hopefully into Saturday, no matter what history has looked like playing against those teams. That's Baylor Equestrian coach Casey Maxwell. They'll begin competition in the NCEA National Championships on Thursday in Ocala, Florida. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. Glenn Moore and Baylor Bears Softball on 101.3 FM. Baylor Softball back home Tuesday at Ketterman Stadium hosting Texas State. 6.15 for the warm-up show. 6.30 first pitch Tuesday for Baylor Texas State Softball from Getterman Stadium. Join Dan Ingham for Baylor Big 12 Softball every game on 101.3 FM. ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. ProStar Rental, they make work easier. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. All right, just after 8 o'clock, this is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Garrett, thanks so much for being a part of the program. If you're an 8 o'clocker, uh, I'm sorry, but you are uh, a little late to work this morning. Uh, Tom and uh, Garrett and Ward, as we mentioned, we're glad to have you with us. We welcome into the program from Fognet.com at Kansas 247 Sports, Michael Swain. Michael, good morning. How are you? Doing well. Excited. Now we're finally in uh, off-season mode, so it should be a, a fun few months. I, I was going to say, have you had a chance to kind of uh, decompress and, and, and take it all in after the, uh, the national championship? Well, I'll be honest, this is probably my week to decompress. You know, last week is just so hectic getting back from New Orleans. They have the football team has their spring game on Saturday. So this is kind of my week to recalibrate and kind of get back into the flow of just a normal schedule where I'm not on the road 24-7. So this is, uh, this, you mentioned it, Saturday is the uh, the blue and white game. Talk a little bit about what uh, Lance Leopold and his staff try to get done in this in this spring game. Oh, it, you know, yeah. It's not very serious at all. It's just a practice, basically. Um, the thing that Lance talks about is this being their first spring, right, because he came in about this time last year, and they didn't have many practices. And so they need every practice they can get to kind of get the scheme, get timing down and all that stuff. So basically, instead of doing like a traditional spring game where they line everyone up on either side, um, they basically did a practice and then did kind of a – you know, whatever, an hour and a half of kind of practice stuff and then about 30, 45 minutes of actual scrimmaging. So it was one of those things where I don't know if you could take a whole lot from it. There were some good performers from it, um, but it's not something where you could put a ton of stock into it because, I mean, you talk to any coach on the on the staff and they'll tell you that they went pretty vanilla with it and we're just trying not to get anybody hurt. So it's one of those things where it, it's really good for them to be able to practice again and good for the fans to be able to get out and see everything, but you can't really learn a whole lot from it. What is the senior leadership on this team going to look like? Not a lot. Um, this is still one of the youngest rosters in Power 5 football. Um, I think that 
you look at the leadership core of this group, and it's going to be actually some of the younger guys, right? Devin Neal is a Lawrence native. Um, he'll be a sophomore this year. Jalen Daniels is now a junior. He'll be the quarterback. Um, he's someone that's been around the program for a few years now. But the leadership is going to come from, I think, some of those players rather than maybe some of those seniors that you traditionally think just because KU only has, I want to say, eight or nine super seniors. And so the way this staff does it, they focus a lot on, you know, uh, they basically count your COVID years. So the super seniors are your seniors. Those are the guys that are expected to leave, um, and there are only like eight or nine of them. So really the leadership comes from almost kind of the best players, which are on the younger side, which I think is a positive for KU. And you mentioned Daniels there. What has his development been like? I know that he was behind the, the scenes when Jason Bean was there. Jason Bean's gone, and he showed flashes last year of what he's capable of doing. How has he developed, and what can he bring to the table this year as the, the head man, the, the corporate, as corporate, uh, quarterback one? Yeah, so actually Jason Bean still has a year left, um, or maybe two years left even. Um, so he's still around. We'll see what happens with him positionally. But Jalen last year, the, the talk was that, he was going to win the quarterback job and then he gets hurt during fall camp and then Jason Bean ends up getting it. And so behind the scenes, it sounded like you know, Jalen played really well. And then when Bean got hurt towards the end of the season, they basically brought Jalen in and that's when you saw kind of the late season explosion happen. And so I, I think Jalen's a, a pure kind of what Lance Leifold and the staff looks for at a quarterback, which is someone with a strong arm, but is mobile. You know, they're not going to run a lot of like read option stuff with the quarterback, but they want you to be able to move and roll out and create different throwing angles and things outside the pocket. And that's what Jalen does. He's got a really good arm. Um, he's really mobile. Again, not someone that's going to go blow you away with a 4-5-40, but he's fast enough to where he can make things happen. And so this spring has been interesting because at the end of last season, he got kind of banged up. And so I guess they did something over the offseason. They've been very vague about it. Um, so I can't really go too much in depth, just my own knowledge, because I don't know. But basically they did something. And so for the first half of spring, he was basically – um, just doing kind of shell stuff where he wasn't doing 11 on 11. So it seems like his development, they've been pleased with it, which I think is a positive. But I think in terms of the reps he got during spring, maybe not as much as you would have thought. You mentioned last year, uh, and it certainly, at least on paper, the, the gap closed as the season went along. They, they lose big early in conference play, but late in conference play, they, they get a win in Austin over Texas. They lose by three at TCU, lose by six to West Virginia. Do they take that late season success, if you will, and, and move it into the spring and, and on into fall? 100%. The coaching staff has talked a lot about that, how they felt like the team, again, they didn't have spring. So fall camp was their install. And so as the season went on, they were very, very pleased with how the guys adapted to what they were trying to do um, in all three phases of the game. And anytime Lance talks about last season, he'll talk about how they had a strong finish to the year. And I think that not only speaks to the players buying in on it and being willing to learn on the fly, but also I think the coaches and their ability to teach. That's something that at KU has not been the case in the past. It's been a lot of, you know, it depends on the staff, but there have been, you know, Lance you know, or sorry, Les Miles' staff was really good at recruiting, not great at teaching. David Beatty's staff wasn't really good at anything. And so you look at this staff, they're really, really good at teaching. And so that's got to be very encouraging looking at the way that they developed over the course of last season and then going into spring where you've got a full kind of off-season cycle to get through things. And then you add some of those new transfers into the mix. And now all of a sudden you're looking at a team that, are they going to win five, six games? No. But will they win three, four games and be competitive in a lot more? Yeah. And I think that's how you take the step forward and progress I don't think it's going to change overnight, but I think this season's going to be one where I think you see a lot of that progress kind of come to the front forefront. How much of the seven transfers going to help this football team right off the bat? 
Oh, so much, so much. I think you look at the, the transfers that left and the transfers that came in, the guys that left are all now at FCS schools. The guys they brought in are from Power 5 schools. It's pretty insane what they were able to do in the transfer portal. So you look at someone like Craig Young, for example, from Ohio State. He's the best athlete on the team, like bar none. And so he's going to go play linebacker. He's going to play on the field side. He's going to be able to make a lot of plays. That's huge. You bring in two running backs, one Kai Thomas from Minnesota, one Sevion Morrison from Nebraska. Now you're going to see KU run the ball a ton, and they're going to try and really limit the amount of possessions in a game to make sure the games are close. And now they have three former four-star recruits in their running back room. All right, you go to the, back to defense. You've got a defensive end in Lonnie Phelps from Miami, Ohio, who the, the advanced numbers say is really good. We'll see kind of how that transition works out. You get Kalen Gervin from Michigan State as safety. Um, and that's not even, you know, they're still going to look to add another safety in the defensive end in the portal. So I think the transfer is going to be a, a huge part this fall. So with that being said, when you look at the roster right now, what do you expect to be the strength of this team once we get rolling? Um, on offense, running back for sure. That's second to none. Um, that group is going to be so talented. And Devin Neal had such a good season. They got banged up. And now you got someone in Kai Thomas that was Minnesota's leading rusher last year. Um, those two are going to be kind of the two bell cow backs. And then you've got Sevion Morrison, who really produced for Nebraska in the limited reps he was able to get. So those guys are going to be awesome. Uh, I think on defense, the linebacker group is going to be really good. I think you look last year, linebacker was maybe one of the biggest holes in the defense. And now you've got basically where you're starting Mike, linebacker Rich Miller's back. But the guy that you've played as one of the other linebackers, Gavin Potter, he's now going to be a backup because, you know, Tywin Berryhill is a younger linebacker who has really progressed this offseason. And then you bring in Craig Young to play kind of that field side. And then you've got Eric Gilliard from UCF, who now is going to back up Rich Miller to make sure that Rich Miller isn't playing every single snap, which was the case. He played, I want to say, like in the 90% of snaps on defense, which is just insane. So I think in general, the depth at linebacker is now super good. Um, and then on offense, the depth at running back is really good as well. Obviously, everybody knows the uh, the passion that uh, the KU fans, KU students, and, and the campus in general has for basketball. H- how do they how do they get that to transfer to, to the football field and the football stadium? Put a competitive product on the field. It's been so long since a team has played in a lot of one score games, and you could go to the stadium and think, "Hey, we're actually going to watch some halfway decent football." They may not win, but it'll be fun to watch. And I think that's what you have to do. And I think you saw at the back end of last year where you beat Texas, then you have those competitive losses. And then this year, it's going to be about can you start 2-1 and one in your non-con play? And then can you get one, maybe two Big 12 wins? And I think if you do that, then kind of that 2023 season is when I think you'll see things kind of take off. Because, again, like I mentioned earlier, only nine players are set to leave after this season. So you're basically going to get everybody back before that 2023 season as well. So I think for this year, it's all about just be competitive, Show the fans that, hey, we're putting a good product on the field. This is competent football. And so I think that will do a lot of good because I think that KU fans are passionate about all sports. But basketball has the most success, which is going to draw more neutral fans. So for football, they've been so bad that even some of those passionate fans don't want to deal with it. So I think as time goes on, you know, you're going to get more of those passionate fans come back. And then if you are competitive enough and win some games, then some of those casual fans will kind of come to Memorial Stadium and want to watch. So I think that's kind of the progression you're going to look at for, for the fan support. And for it to get to that point, it all really starts with recruiting. And right now, when you look at this 2023 class that Kansas is trying to identify, who are some of the names that stand out to you? Oh, man, there's so many. Um, it, so it's interesting because this staff has spent a lot of time recruiting in-state guys because past coaching staffs have not done that. They have 
basically said, let's go to Florida, let's go to Texas, and just go grab some guys and, and be able to figure it out later. So this staff has spent a lot of time recruiting in-state. Um, I don't know if it's going to pay off this cycle in 2023, but this is one of the best in-state classes that Kansas has ever had. There are like about 15 guys that are right now ranked um, and are kind of in that three-star range, which is huge. So they're going to try and recruit some in-state guys. You know, I don't think they're going to have a ton of success, but you'll see them go down to Florida, get some defensive line, and most likely um, the question is how many guys can they take? Because again, you're only losing nine or around there after this season. So it's a question of how big will this high school class be uh, again this off season. So um, in terms of names, I mean, I, genuinely, there are so many that I, I can't even begin to go through because I'd miss some. But um, I think you're going to see KU be more selective this class just because you've got so few spots to fill. But they've definitely put in the work with the local recruits, which I think is a huge, huge start because Kansas City has really turned into a, a huge, huge kind of uh, not melting pot, but they've got so much talent in the Kansas City area, which, you know, you got to put in the effort, get in with the coaches and then kind of build off that in future years. Hey, Michael, what are you, uh, what are you working on for uh, Fognet.com and Kansas 247 Sports? Yeah, definitely. Just post something on the title game. That's kind of the nice part now is we get to have national title game content kind of take us through the offseason, which should be fun. But that and some recruiting stuff, and then I'm still going to work on some uh, spring football stuff for the next few weeks as well. Man, man, we, uh, we certainly do appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Definitely. Thanks, you guys, too. That is uh, Michael Swain from Kansas 247 Sports talking Jayhawk football. Uh, and it was interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I forget the term that he used, but uh, basically competent, I believe, is what he said. You know, they need to be competent in, in their approach to to playing the game. And, and you know, I, I was just going back looking through some of the scores. Look, they got run out of the gym early in the season. I mean, Baylor beat them, what, 45-7. to seven. Uh they get beat by Iowa State 59 to 7. They get beat by Tech 41 to 14. Then it starts to kind of turn a little bit. Uh, you know, th- they were in that Oklahoma game, believe it or not. And if you'll remember, they they were they were recruiting people, you know, on the air uh, to, to, to come, come back to, to the stadium. To come back to the stadium or or just show up to the stadium at halftime because they were actually we're in contending. We're, we're in the game. Uh, you know, and they got beat 35-23. Then they got run out of the gym by Oklahoma State again. Uh, but those last three ball games, they beat Texas on the road. They lose to TCU and Fort Worth by three. And then, you know, they lose to West Virginia by six. I think, Ward, you know, one of the things that, that coaches look at, fans look at wins and losses. Coaches look at that 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 differential. You know, when when you first get to a place, you're getting beat fifty-five to three, then you're getting beat thirty-five to fourteen, then you're getting beat, you know, twenty-eight, twenty-one. Then you start to win. That's how you know that you're doing it right and you're getting things done. Is the windows closing? Well, they had the windows start to close at, at least in the last month of the season. Uh, so, does this team going into fall have you know have a chance to win four four football games, five football games, maybe? No. So what's no the number? <laughs> I you know it, come away with two or three, and you know you're probably on the upside for Kansas. I just I don't think that they're they're ready to compete in the Big Twelve. You know they had two wins a year ago, uh, one in the league, one outside the league. I gotta believe that they're. Well, no, <laughs> I started to say I gotta <laughs> believe that they're better, but I mean, 
you would think a second year with the same terminology and the expectation of the staff and, and all of that stuff that they would be a little better. I, I, yeah, you would think, but at the same time, wouldn't you want to put together a real spring game and, and see? I, I don't know. Well, there's a lot that don't that, that don't play a real spring game. They treat it as a fifteenth practice. You've seen that, yeah. And I don't. I don't know. I mean, you can do what you want to do. If if you if that's what you choose to do, that's fine. It, it's what works for your program and mm-hmm. what works for you know the the amount of guys that you have on the field. And if you don't want to, um, you know, waste time on a spring game because. Look, you 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 get the competitiveness out of a spring game. You get you get to see some guys underneath the lights and compete against each other, and that internal competition works. But if you already kind of know the depth of your roster, you're probably better off just going out and and getting that extra workout in and, and doing a controlled scrimmage. And, and, and there's doing, a lot that do that. Yeah, and, there's and, a lot that and, do that. And that and then have the, you know just hey, we we've got some stuff we really need to work on. So we're going to take advantage of this instead of spending three hours in a a glorified scrimmage to you know just get the fans in and and let them uh, a feel good day for the program. Uh, so, and but a lot of programs need that feel good day. And mm-hmm. I think you know for Kansas, you know, it's probably a waste of time for that feel good day because they don't show up for real games. Are they going to show up for a scrimmage? Good point. No. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to be there. So let's get a practice in. And that 15th practice is more valuable than going through a a walk-through scrimmage game, if you will. Probably for them it is. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on where you're at and, you know, what you're trying to get accomplished. Yep. Gotcha. All right. uh, So that's a look at the Kansas Jayhawks. It's 820, 20 minutes after 8. We are – we are Game Time, presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend of the car business, where you can check out the 2022 Ram 1500 Lone Star Quad Cab with total values up to $6,500 or get a $3,000 bonus cash. Uh, how about 2.9% for 72 months? First responders get an extra $500. That's a cool deal. Uh, this incredible truck gives you everything you need for power, performance, towing capabilities, and, of course, luxury uh, in a uh, in a winner of a, of a vehicle. Uh, and uh, you can check it out at Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Don't forget about the 2022 Wagoneer Series 2 and 3 with 2.9 for 72 months plus a $3,000 uh, bonus cash at Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business. You can check these vehicles out online at alansamuelsdcj.com, or you can give Ted Teague and his staff a call at 772-1000. That's 772-1000. Alan Samuels is an award-winning dealer, and you will find a great selection of vehicles at Alan Samuels, 201 West Loop 340, just down from Highway 84. The weather this hour is brought to you by Alliance Bank. Alliance Bank Central Texas is independently owned and has been helping families and businesses in Central Texas meet their financial needs since 2007. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy skies today. It's going to be a mild and breezy day with a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms developing this afternoon. Some of these storms may be strong to severe with large hail and damaging winds. Even an isolated tornado can't be ruled out. We'll see a very warm high of 87. 
Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Join us for our next Baylor Coaches Show this week on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Join us this week on Wednesday beginning at 6 p.m. and hear from women's tennis coach Joey Scrivano and women's golf coach Jay Gobel. The Baylor Coaches Show this week on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Live from Rudy's and here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Central Texas horse enthusiasts find a large selection of saddles at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They feature new and used saddles from names like Billy Cook and Cactus. Plus, they have a large selection of children's saddles. Trade-ins are welcome and financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118-222462. You'll enjoy one-on-one customer service at the world's best Western store, Appaloosa Trading Post and Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook. Have you been to Sam's Bar in Union Hall in downtown Waco yet? Serving regionally inspired Texas-style craft drinks. Offering wine, beer, vodka, and fruit juice drinks. Be sure to try one of Sam's signature cocktails like the Hatchback, a Dallas Daisy, and even some Summer Lovin'. Happy hours every Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 with $2 off draft beer and cocktails, plus free chips and hot sauce. Sam's Bar Waco in Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue. And check them out online at samsbarwaco.com. With tax season approaching, are you wondering how new laws could affect your financial portfolio? I'm Joe Kaleo of the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. If you're unsure about the effect tax legislation could have on your wealth, we can help you develop a plan that withstands change no matter what the season. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA, SIPC. My house has a new here and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old windows before the hot weather gets here. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite. That's a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And they're offering 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free in-home estimate universal window central texas.com that's universal window central texas.com or call 254-301-7760 and be sure and check out their great google and angie list reviews i love my windows they've got that brand new home effect universal windows direct helmet aerospace in waco has been employing people in the waco area for nearly 50 years now is the time to join their team with current openings in packaging, shipping, production, engineering, machining, quality, supply chain, and sales. Offering excellent starting pay, benefits from the day you start, and advanced opportunities. Apply now at howmet.com slash Waco Careers. Howmet Aerospace on Imperial Drive in Waco. Apply today. Game time is brought to you in part by Big Boys Record Service, Pro Star Rental, Good Feet, and VersaLift Southwest.
826, welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Garrett, we're glad you're with us as we roll through a Tuesday. Don't forget, coming up tonight, we've got uh, baseball and softball on our family of radio stations. Uh, as far as softball is concerned, they will be at home uh, over at Getterman Stadium taking on Texas State. And uh, we'll have that game on our sister station, 101.3 Cool FM. And again, that will be a, a 6.30 first pitch tonight with a, a 6.15 broadcast right here on uh, on 101.3 Cool FM. Baseball is on the road. And again, the, uh, Steve Rodriguez's Bears are 16-15 and 15 overall. They went, uh, they're 2-7 now after being swept by West Virginia over the weekend. And they will take on number 19, Texas State. Bobcats are 24-9, and 9-3. In uh, in their conference, the Sun Belt Conference, and, and playing really really good baseball, this is for me. This is an important ball game, simply from an RPI standpoint. I mean, if your ultimate goal, and which you know it is, is to get into the NCAA tournament, find your way into the NCAA tournament, or you've you've not only got to win conference games, but you you've also when you step out of conference, these midweek games now have become vital. You have got to post wins. But when you play somebody that's a top 20 opponent on the road, that's, that's big in your RPI, and this is one I think that they got to go get tonight. Well, they had an opportunity last week. They weren't able to do that against DBU, and now they have another opportunity sitting out in front of them with a top 20 team mm-hmm. that gives them a chance to, you know, put a little bit on the resume. Uh, and it's, you know, it, it, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's time to start putting up or, or shut up for this baseball team because they've you know the meat of their schedule is heading down their down the you know down the tracks pretty quickly for them. So if they can get an opportunity on this one, that would certainly help them a lot. Yeah, they still got Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State ahead of them. Now, granted, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State will be at Baylor Ballpark. Texas will be down in down in Austin, but they've still got some some really really tough ball games ahead of them. So they they've got to get this thing going. And you heard Jerry Hill talk about it. Uh, yesterday, somewhere along the line, you're going to have to go get a sweep, which is it's so so difficult well, to do. Well, you, you got number four, five, and seven sitting in your sights right now, yeah. and and one of those is is one of the teams you need to try to figure out if you can sweep or not. And I, you know, I don't. I mean, it certainly is possible, but you're going to have to play your best baseball, and it probably starts in these midweek conference. I mean, non-conference games. Get it? You got to get it together and get some momentum going. And make no mistake about it. I don't care if you're in the top five in America. It is if someone says you need to go. That's a tough, tough ask. But somehow they you, by being swept, you got to figure out a way to go sweep somebody. It, it, you know, it's. I think Kansas State is still on the on the schedule ahead of Baylor. Uh, you know, in the Kansas maybe maybe it's Kansas this weekend. At home, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You know, uh, can you do that? Yeah, you can. It, but again, it is, man, make no mistake about it. It's hard. You know, it is really, really hard to go get a sweep, uh, three straight. So, but, uh, you know, you, you got swept. So, you, you, I think you have to find a way to get one. And, and But just just play well tonight. Go play well. Give yourself a chance to win. And if you and that's what baseball wants you to do now. College baseball says, hey, we're going to reward you for playing good people on the road in your non-conference schedule early in the year and in your midweek. And this is one where they can go do that tonight. 
I wonder if they were looking ahead. Like, you already knew – I mean, look, you're down two games in West Virginia. You're going into Sunday. You decide not to pitch Will Rigney. Maybe you're trying to throw him out there tonight. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, you know, it may snow tonight. I mean, that, seriously, For, that's the concept that coaches have to take. They play him one well, at a time. It, it, the other side of that is I don't know that you throw him out there tonight, but you've got a, a series against Kansas State. That, I mean, a, excuse me, a series coming up uh, against Kansas that you – probably feel pretty good about and right. it's a short week so he's probably going to be in there because of the early start going in thursday friday saturday series they probably just said okay just right know, let's scratch this let's get him ready because we got a chance to take that series we've got to have him early in that series next week that's what i would have done uh Look, if he pitches on Sunday, he's got six days to get ready to pitch on Saturday. There, there's something else in my mind to this. No, I don't and, think so. And, and we'll see. Uh, eight thirty-one. Uh, we got to get out. We got to get to the break. But it's eight thirty-one. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. Yeah, we were uh, hoping to get Bob Bowles be on with us yesterday. Hoping to get him on today. Any I don't excuse? Think it's happen. Any excuse not to come on? To skip us? To <laughs> yeah. avoid us? Yeah. <laughs> Going to pretty great Something extremes, minor like right? not being Big Twelve Commissioner anymore, and he decides he doesn't <laughs> want to do the program. You Probably. think it went so far as him to say, "I'm not doing that interview. How can I get out of it? I know I'll resign my job." <laughs> John Moore's weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. As fuel cost has risen, make sure your vehicle is summer ready. To get the best fuel mileage, take the proper steps needed in maintaining your vehicle properly with Kish's Complete Car Care Center's maintenance. There are many aspects of maintaining the fuel economy of your car. With rising fuel costs, we can make sure you get the best fuel mileage possible. Take the proper steps in maintaining your vehicle today at Kish's Complete Car Care Center. 5300 Franklin Avenue. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at McAdamsRoofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Sell your home in five days. The brokerage house guarantees they will sell your home in five days or less, or they will buy it for a price you agree upon prior to listing your home. They're your connection to buyers from not only around Central Texas, but also nationally. If you're going to sell your home, there's only one real estate agent you should trust, and that's Aaron Ryan at the Brokerage House Realtors. Aaron has a proven marketing system that is known to generate offers above market value and multiple offers. For more information, visit 5daystosow.com. That's 5 days to 
TeresaSo.com. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Mark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update. Three Baylor players were selected in the WNBA draft. Alyssa Smith was the second player selected overall, taken by the Indiana Fever. The Fever also took Queen Egbo with the 10th pick of the first round. Jordan Lewis was the 24th overall pick, selected in the second round by the Connecticut Sun. Baylor baseball is on the road at Texas State for a 631st pitch against the Bobcats. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor softball, meanwhile, hosts Texas State at Getterman Stadium. That game also starts at 630, and you can hear the broadcast on Cool 101. The MCC baseball team beat Navarro 7-4, giving head coach Mitch Thompson win number 350 since taking over the Highlanders program. The Rangers lost their home opener to the Rockies 6-4 in 10 innings. They finished that series tonight, and you can hear the game on Fox Sports Central Texas. Sports Center. Every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Game time continues on ESPN Central Texas. And welcome back to game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Worldwide's Tom Barfield, Garrett Ross along with you. Joining us now is Coach Rodney Webb, formerly the head coach of Denton Geyer, now the new athletic director at Highland Park for the taking over for the Scots, Coach, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'll say you go to Denton Geyer, very successful, have have a, a great staff along with you, and then you sit back and say, yeah, I, I think I want to be an athletic director, and you get an opportunity at, at Highland Park. How did this all come about, Rodney? Well, let me say, first of all, you know, I'm and, and, and to add to all that, I'm walking away from a, a, another potential – uh, deep playoff run, if not, uh, you know, another state championship game appearance. So uh, it was a difficult decision. Um, you know, it came about when Johnny Ringo, who's been sort of the legendary athletic director over there, um, announced his retirement back in January. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and everybody knew that job has been open. And, uh, you know, the, the folks at Highland Park sort of reached out and, engage my interest and I didn't really know if it was something that, that I'd want to do or not went over there and visited with them really it, all this came about in the, in the past six days went over there and visited with them uh, realized what a unique opportunity it was uh, obviously the timing not great because you know uh, I did not imagine in a, in a million years that I would not be coaching this guy or team this year um, but uh, felt like it was just an, an awesome opportunity a unique opportunity uh, to sort of move into the next phase of my career. And, I, you know, I'm still going to have an opportunity to impact kids, 
not necessarily on the football field, but but in all the sports. So I'm excited about this new adventure. And with your with your reputation as an excellent head coach, a great person in general, and all that you've done with the Texas High School Football Coaches Association, will you have any input on your successor at Guy, or is that one of those things where you're just out of it? Don't worry about it. Well, I, you know, I care a great deal about that program. I care about the kids. I care about, the, you know, the coaches on the staff there. And so, and, you know, I want to be a resource. And that's what I've told the people in Denton is that, you know, allow me to be a resource. I don't want to get in the way. Um, you know, I don't really have a dog in the fight, so to speak. But um, uh, I'm, I'm happy to give them any feedback they need about, the, you know, the uh, suggestions on the direction of the program. So, you know, I do feel like it's, uh, it's a little bit late. Uh, for for me to be leaving, uh, it left them in a little bit of a pinch. So I would expect uh, you know the new coach to be named fairly soon. I think they've already got it posted, and and I would imagine within the next two weeks they're going to have somebody in place. Coach, you talk about the uh, the unique opportunities at Highland Park. W- what makes Highland Park a unique situation? Well, you know, I think there are a lot of things. Uh, it's a single school town. Um, not that many of those, especially in in an, in an urban area like Dallas. Um, you look at their track record of success in all sports. You know, you look at the UIL Lone Star Cup, and they are at or near the top of that every single year. Uh, they're routinely making trips to regional and state tournaments uh, in, in a variety of different sports there. Uh, a huge uh, traditional school, uh, all kinds of, of unique traditions there. And uh, I'm just excited about getting a chance to, to kind of ride the coattails of some of that success and be a part of it. Coach, one thing that's changed in, in in high school sports and in college sports is the transfer portal and giving athletes an opportunity to go from one place to another. Has it become more difficult to be that mentor, that, that guy that the player comes to and, and talks to their head coach about where they want to go because of it's no longer a – you know, a huge decision. I mean, it is, but it's not because you do have a safety net underneath you, whereas you didn't before. Have you seen the recruiting game change that much from the high school perspective? Yeah, you know, I I think it's changed a lot. I think it, it, you know, the the dynamic on the part of the student athlete has changed and their decision-making process, but the way recruiting works now has changed as well. It's changed a lot. You know, I think what you have is you've got the perfect storm of you've got the transfer portal, and I think that we could have navigated that in and of itself. And then you've got NIL, and I think that we could have navigated that in and of itself. But the combination of the transfer portal and the NIL coming into play at virtually the same time uh, has really kind of turned recruiting on its head. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, it's it's just a different landscape – and, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not really sure that anybody knows what is the best, most sage advice that we can give to our kids at this point in time. And I used to be big on telling kids, when you commit somewhere, that means something. You know, that that's an engagement. And um, and and your word is your word. Um, but but now it's gotten, we're at, we're at a point right now that you say that, you say I'm committed, and then a school brings in three kids out of the portal at your position. And uh, it, it's not always in your best interest to, to keep that commitment. So um, w- w- the NCAA says they're doing all these things in the name of what's best for student athletes. And I would say that it's not necessarily what's best for student athletes. It's, it's giving them the opportunity to walk away from adversity 
uh, and which is one of the most important lessons they learned through this whole experience. And kind of sticking with the the recruiting, we hear a lot about coaches and programs who embody the straight line recruiting philosophy, where the coaches are dealing directly with you know guys like you who are at the head of a program at Geyer. Can you talk about the importance of straight line recruiting and who are some of the schools or programs that do uh, the better job of it, in your opinion? Well, the, the whole term of straight line recruiting is simply the college recruiter going through the high school coach, uh, ma- making the high school coach a, a part of the, of the contact process. You know, the high school coach, we're not getting paid uh, we're getting paid a salary to coach a team, but we're not getting paid to get a kid recruited. And, and we're doing it um, as, a, as, as part of our job description. And, and uh, we know the kids better than anybody else. We know the kids better than any trainer, uh, any guy with a bag of cones and a speed ladder on Saturday afternoon at the park. And um, th- that whole uh, idea just was, was born from the THSCA just to say, don't take the head coach out of the out of the process, especially here in Texas. Um, and I would say, for the most part, all of the Texas schools do a good job of straight line recruiting because you know they don't necessarily want to be blackballed by any school. They don't they don't want to develop a bad reputation. The problem with state, straight line recruiting right now is some of the out of state schools, some of the some of the the uh, uh, power five schools, uh, not and, and even group of five schools um, across the country that they're far enough away geographically that if they come in and do it the wrong way and they end up uh, killing a relationship with a particular high school, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt them as bad uh, from a PR standpoint. Coach, uh, talk a little bit about some of the challenges. You, you know, you talk about the success of Highland Park and, and the unique situation that it is. As you reviewed that position and, and made the determination that you were going to make the move, what were, what did you look at, as some of the challenges in that position? Well, I would say to start with, you know, there is, there is a, a lot of pressure for success there. I mean, they, they are, their expectations are high as they should be. And I would never want to be somewhere where the expectations aren't high, but at the same time, that comes with a responsibility that, that, you know, you, your programs have got to be in good shape and they've got to be functioning at full capacity. So I think from that standpoint, you know, that's a challenge there to maintain uh, or improve the level of success they've had. Uh, and then I think, you know, there, there's some unique things about Highland Park that, that oftentimes they're a large 5A, uh, but some realignments, they've been a really small 6A, which is where we're at right now, uh, one of the smallest 6A schools in the state. Uh, they're in a, in a location where they're always the school that's sort of getting placed in a different district with the UIL. So they don't have a, a consistent – uh, district that they that they play in they always just sort of get moved east they get moved south they get moved west and uh, this particular alignment uh, in with the Richardson and Irving schools and then with Jesuit and so um, you know I think from that standpoint it's hard to develop traditional rivalries at a place like that and then the third thing I would say is uh, there there may not be another district in the state uh, that has been crippled more by the Robin Hood uh, bill than than Highland Park. I think it's something like sixty percent of the money uh, that comes in they have to give back uh, to the state. So um, e- even uh, you know uh, an affluent area like Highland Park uh, has a very very difficult time funding things. So money is tied over there, and you've got to be very uh, money conscious when when uh, you know anytime you have an opportunity. Coach, you get reunited with uh, one Grayson Wells. How does that feel? <laughs> 
That feels really good. I I I text Grayson when I when I got the job. I text him. I told him order number one is I'm going to fire you. <laughs> <laughs> so Grayson is a dear friend, and honestly, it's one of the things that I'm most excited about being over there. Uh, obviously, we we played together at Tarleton State way back in the day. And uh, I, I would like to add, by the way, that I beat him out. When I say we played together, you know, I got down there and beat him out, and he was my backup. So I won't let him forget about that. But, uh, you know, Grayson's had a great career. He has been Coach Allen's right-hand man all the way back to his days at Adeline Cooper. And it's just, uh, you know, he's been one of the real driving forces behind the success of, of Highland Park football over the years. And, and uh, really excited uh, to get to spend more time with Grayson what's one moment that stands out for you playing for the one and only Ward White's over here? <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, a lot of those uh, Tarleton times, what would stand out to me were more, more the off the field things than the on the field. things. <laughs> <laughs> coach- New athletic director, uh, great uh, at Highland Park High School, Rodney Webb. Hey, Coach, we're so proud of everything that you've been able to do and, and all, all the things you've been able to do with the Texas High School Coaches Association. Best of luck to you with, there with the Scots. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. Y'all have a great day. Coach, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, 847, 13 away from 9. Stay with us. There's more to come right here on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor Baseball. All season long here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. The Bears headed to San Marcos Tuesday to take on Texas State. 6.15 for the warm-up show, 6.30 first pitch for Baylor Texas State Baseball Tuesday. Coach Rod and the Bears all season long here on ESPN Central Texas. business or a school or a team that needs to put their logo on something, then let the pros at Mallory Screen Printing and Embroidery do the job for you. They can customize your logo on t-shirts, caps, dress shirts, golf shirts, winter apparel, and more. Stickers for any occasion, banners and signs, large or small. See more at MalloryPrint.com or call 1-800-433-2220. For your next custom screen printing or embroidery, check out their full catalog at MalloryPrint.com. My house has a new glow. I love my here and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old windows before the hot weather gets here. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralight. That's a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And they're offering 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free in-home estimate universal window central texas.com that's universal window central texas.com or call 254-301-7760 and be sure and check out their great google and angie list reviews i love my windows they've got that brand new home effect universal windows direct can you make sure it is cleaned up? Restaurant Week has Sanjay's tables jam-packed. He needs more servers to keep these new customers coming back. Let's keep these tables turning as fast as possible, okay? Gonna need to hustle. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. 
Indeed you do. Our hiring platform instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Forgetting a birthday isn't Alzheimer's. Forgetting your own birthday might be. Trouble remembering a name isn't Alzheimer's. Forgetting your child's name might be. If someone you love shows signs of Alzheimer's, start a conversation. You may be their best hope for a better quality of life. Learn the signs at dshs.texas.gov Alzheimer's. See the signs. Start a conversation. Funded by the Texas Department of State Health Services. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Mark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update. Three Baylor players were selected in the WNBA draft. Alyssa Smith was the second player selected overall, taken by the Indiana Fever. The Fever also took Queen Egbo with the 10th pick in the first round. Jordan Lewis was the 24th overall pick, selected in the second round by the Connecticut Sun. Baylor baseball is on the road at Texas State for a 631st pitch against the Bobcats. You can hear the game on ESPN Central Texas. Baylor softball, meanwhile, hosts Texas State at Getterman Stadium. That game also starts at 630, and you can hear the broadcast on Cool 101. The MCC baseball team beat Navarro 7-4, giving head coach Mitch Thompson win number 350 since taking over the Highlanders program. The Rangers lost their home opener to the Rockies 6-4 in 10 innings. They finished that series tonight, and you can hear the game on Fox Sports Central Texas. Sports Center. Every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time for the grab bag on Game Time. All right, 8.51. We're nine away from uh, 9 o'clock here on a Tuesday morning. Don't forget, coming up at 4 this afternoon, it is the Matt Mosley Show. 3 o'clock this afternoon, you can check out John Morrison. He's going to have Hoot Jonigan, the hitting coach, for the Baylor softball team in that 3 o'clock hour. Of course, Baylor softball will play Texas State tonight uh, at Getterman, and you can hear the game on 101.3 FM. Baseball taking on Texas State in San Marcos, and that game also at 6.30 right here on ESPN Central Texas. Last night, or yesterday afternoon, rather, the uh, Rockies uh, moved to 3-1 and one over the Rangers as they won 6-4, to four, dropping Texas to 1-3. Taylor Hearn went four innings for the uh, Rangers, and then after the game... A uh, Well, a familiar voice and a familiar member of the media asked Taylor, uh, well, y- you listen. Um, hey, Taylor, so <laughs> uh, you were able to bounce back pretty well through the second and the fourth. Was a mentality different? Was there somebody in the stands or in the press box that w- you were kind of itching to kind of do well for because, you know, their job is on the line, If depending on what you say today? Is it? It is. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I guess I guess just being a big brother, um, you try to set the best example for you, um, and try to basically do the best I can. I know I'm gonna fail, um, and more so just trying to, like I said, be the best example, um, and hopefully be able to let you know that no matter what you go through, that um, to not waver off your faith and definitely definitely don't definitely don't doubt God for sure um, for me to be able to sit here and tell you that I'm sitting here three years ago after 2019 I would I wouldn't even be able to believe you um, but honestly to have a very supportive sister like you is, means a lot um, you know you sacrifice a lot just for me to be in this aspect and uh, I honestly can't thank you enough 
And so seriously, though, like you, I know you went without a lot, um, gymnastics, all that type of stuff, cheerleading, just for me to get to the situation. And I don't think you really know, like despite, you know, the results, I didn't really care if I won the game or we lost or whatever. Um, I was just more happy to see you that you were here. So as a big brother, that means a lot to me. There's the human element in athletics. He is a major league pitcher, had to fight like crazy to make this roster and be a part of this team. She is a sports anchor in Wichita Falls and was assigned to cover opening day uh, in Arlington. And, uh, you know, win, lose, or draw, that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty cool thing. It really is. And I like how he acknowledged the sacrifice that it took you know, mm-hmm. on her part to be able to get here and for them to share that moment, I think it comes full circle. There's no question. Uh, very cool. Uh, and again, you know, there's a, there, there's so much stress when it comes to wins and losses and, and performing at a high level, but Lord, there's the human element that you simply cannot take out of the game. No. And that's, that's what sports is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. Unless you're an umpire. <laughs> well, <laughs> Oh, then you take it out. The human element's (laughs) gone then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe. All right. Uh, Rangers and the Rockies again tonight, uh, uh, 6.30. 6.30, first pitch. Yeah. So, and we'll have it over over on our sister station, Fox Sports Central Texas. So, uh, there you go. All right. uh, That is going to do it for us on this Tuesday morning. Again, tomorrow, uh, in the 8.30 segment, uh, we're going to have Mac Rhodes. Uh, Director of Athletics at Baylor University. He'll be with us and uh, look forward to that conversation. All right. Uh, Thanks so much for being a part of the program. For Ward and for Garrett, I'm Tom. We'll see you in the morning at 7 right here on ESPN Central Texas.